Welcome to the Jesus Ministry Church podcast. Be sure to follow attentively because God has a message for you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. God bless. If God will refresh once again our spirit, our souls, through the preaching, the teaching of the Word of God. Hallelujah. I want today to move on in our big theme of the year, which is shining brighter. And I want to remind us that the main scripture of the year is taken from uh, Revelation chapter 1 to chapter 3. Jesus appearing to Apostle John and uh, instructing him concerning the seven churches in Asia. And we began to understand what it takes for us as the church, the children of God, to shine brighter and brighter in this world. The first thing he said to us, we have to consider our first love. Tell your neighbor, reconsider your first love. Hallelujah. And uh, God has taught us all the concept of that first love. It's first of all about the zeal to serve. It is also about the dimensions of that love, the four dimensions, how long it is, how wide, how deep and how uh, large, I mean. The four dimension, how long, how wide, how deep, and how high is the love of God. Then we understood that that love comes with the act or the works of love. God is the one to use us to display his works of love or act of love. And when it comes to Jesus, or beginning with the Father, he showed that love by sending Jesus. God saw of the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him might not perish but inherit everlasting life. Then Jesus came seeking the lost. He trained the apostles, the disciples, so that they might do what he has been doing because he was seeking the lost by demonstrating the power of God to heal them, to deliver them. And the apostles understood that they continued. Jesus said to them, not only you will you be able to do what I've been doing, but even greater things than that. And we saw after Jesus, how the apostles carried on and the last Sunday, I was referring to how the experience with God qualifies us for the greater works or the works of love. And we went to study the experience of Jacob. Now, I will not go back to all that teaching, but the message today will be like a transition for us to go to the next point in Revelation chapter 2 
to understand how we can shine brighter in life. Now, what I was saying last Sunday, and I continued on Wednesday, about Jacob, who fought with God and fought with humans and prevailed. I was explaining that God, through that declaration, changed the identity or the name of Jacob into Israel. So the meaning of Israel means the one who fought with God and humans and prevailed. But what does it mean? How can a human being fight with God and prevail? What does it mean to fight with humans and prevail? Everything in Jacob's life began from the time his father, Isaac, blessed him to inherit the birth, right, as a firstborn, which was supposed to be on Esau. And Esau became very angry. He wanted to kill his brother, and Jacob had to run. Actually, God, using her mother, directed him to go into the house of his uncle Laban. And as he was on his journey going there, God gave him a vision. He saw a stairway with angels ascending and descending. And I use that to show us how the supernatural, or when we are sensitive to the supernatural, we become qualified by God for his act of love, his works of love to be displayed. And considering Jacob, he was the extension of Abraham and Isaac. What are the works of love God wanted to display through Abraham and Isaac? It is summarized in this powerful declaration, you shall be a source of blessings. So if I am a source of blessings, of blessings, it means through me, God will bless others. Through me, God will manifest his love to others. Hallelujah. So that is something very important to understand when it comes to the life of Jacob. And that vision in Genesis chapter 28 gave him the understanding of what truly God wanted to do with him, to assure him as he was going into the, the, the area, the place where his uncle Laban was living, actually in his house. And he made a vow. If you do all these things in my life, I'll promise you I will give you the tenth of everything that I will have. And I emphasized last Sunday to say, tithing did not begin, did not begin, sorry, with Moses or with the law. Tithing is before the law as a result of an encounter with God. The first time Abraham encountered Melchizedek 
another manifestation of God in a human form. The second time we see with Jacob having that encounter with God promised to tithe, to give. Amen. Let us be faithful as well. Considering it as a supernatural act to connect us to heaven. Then he went in the house of Laban. As he was there, there was a need in him to have a wife. And in those days, you could have married someone from your own family or immediate family. But in our days, it's no longer permitted. God changed it. Amen. If you do it today, we call it incest. You can't do that. Now, the time to take a wife came, he had to work seven years to have the wife he wanted. And it was Rachel he loved. But Laban, in his wickedness, tricked him because he wanted him to work more for him. After he completed the seven years, instead of giving him Rachel, he gave him Leah, the sister, which was not the choice of Jacob. When he realized it, it was too late. Marriage was consummated already. So he had to keep Leah as a wife. Then Laban told him, if truly you want Rachel, you work again seven years for me. Which he did. Seven years later, in total 14 years, he could now have the wife he loved. That is Rachel. Now, as a man, he wanted also to prosper, knowing what God told him, following that revelation in uh, chapter 28. He worked hard for his uncle. He prospered. I mean, the uncle prospered. He had many sheep, cattle, all those things. Then... He had to work for another six years. Why he worked for six years? Because his uncle kept on changing his wages, tricking him so that he might not prosper. But God inspired him in the hand, and he managed to have the cattle in abundance. And in the heart of Laban, he wasn't happy at all. The time to leave the house of Laban came. He had to go back where he was coming from. Now, the fear to meet his brother Esau, who might kill him, was in him. But he had no choice then to go back, relying on what God told him. I will be with you. What he did, he did dispatch his family 
his wives, his possessions, sending them ahead of him and strategically sending even gift to Esau so that uh, he might not be furious not to plan to take his life. As he remained alone, that is chapter 32, that night as he remained alone, God came to him in a human form and fought with him the whole night. The Bible says, as it was daybreak, God in that human form told him, let me go because it is already daybreak. Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now the question is, how can God in a human form fight with a human being? What was going on truly? What happened? Now, What is the understanding of all that? That is now what God uh, in that human form revealed to him. When he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Maybe he was holding him at his hand. I don't know, the leg or in the clothes. So God could not go. Then he asked him, what is your name? Say, my name is Jacob. Okay, you will no longer be called Jacob, but you will be called Israel. Because you have fought with God and humans and you have overcome. Is God just referring to that particular moment, that night? What happened that night is the summary of what the life of Jacob has been so far. Is a supernatural experience God permitted him to have to explain to him what has been going on in his life. Are we together? You have fought with God, which means I have chosen you to use you. Whatever did happen, you receiving the blessing from your father instead of your elder brother, the first one to receive it, has been my plan. That has caused hatred has caused so many things you have suffered, but it has been my plan concerning your life. And this has required you to stand firm, to believe. Hallelujah. That is why I have appeared to you. And you have made a vow. When I appeared to you, you have understood what you have to do. I have seen your heart. Am I communicating? Apostle Paul put it in this way, fighting the good fight of faith. And uh, getting to the end of finishing the race. Fighting with God means keeping his words. Remaining faithful. Remaining loyal to God. 
because of what he has said to you. Because of the promises over your life. How he wants to use you. What he wants to do through you. It brings challenges, but you do not give up. Do you now understand? Now, God came to him supernaturally to fight with him physically. Amen. To show how his life so far has been. Now, he was in the house of Laban, and Laban was not worshiping his God. Why am I saying so? I ask you to read from chapter 28 to chapter 32. I hope you have done so. And I encourage you every time I give scripture, I ask you to read, go home and read. Amen. Because we can't read everything here because of time. Laban was not worshiping his God. Because at the time, Rachel and Jacob had to leave, the Bible says, Rachel stole the gods of his father. And when Laban realized it, he ran after them, found Jacob and said, why have you done this? You have stolen my gods. Jacob was not aware of that. He didn't know that Rachel did steal the gods of his father. As you know, when people are idol worshippers, they have many images, many things to represent the gods they want to worship, isn't it? So probably she took those kind of things. Now, when Jacob came, sorry, when Laban came and met Jacob, Jacob told him, you can search. You can investigate anyone you want. Laban tried, investigated, found nothing. Rachel knew what she did. The Bible says she sat on those gods. And when his father came to her, trying to search, she said, your servant is having her periods. That's why she cannot stand up. She lied. And to respect her daughter, the father said, oh, I can't search you. And then Jacob said to Laban, see, you are wicked. You are still wicked with me. If it was not God, I would have come out of your house empty-handed. Now you are even coming to accuse me for stealing. He didn't know that uh, truly Rachel did that. Hallelujah. The Bible is quiet after that about that incident. Now, understand this. All this happened because spiritually, Laban was under the influence of his gods. So it was a fight between two spiritual worlds. 
all the cheating that Laban was doing, he was inspired somehow by the gods in whom he believed because God chose Jacob to be a source of blessings for many nations, following the promise made to Abraham and renewed to Isaac. And then, as they went, I mean, Laban went back, Jacob had to continue his journey. Now, when you study the Bible, now you will understand that when God is saying, you have fought with God, God is referring to all the things that did happen to Jacob because of his choice on his life. And I like to compare the life of Jacob to the life of Apostle Paul in the New Testament. Are we together? God changed the name of Jacob into Israel. God changed the name of Saul into Paul. Hallelujah. Now, what is the point here? God wants to teach us that when he chooses you, there are many things you will suffer. Not because you are a sinner, or not because you are sinning, because of his choice on you. Because of the things he wants to do with you. Am I communicating? And sometimes many of us, we do not look things that way. We do not consider life always that way. I'm not saying every suffering that we experience is a result of God's choice. There are sufferings that are a result of our ignorance or of our sins. If you sin, stop sinning. If you are ignorant, seek for knowledge. But Jacob had already a revelation, an encounter with God. He saw the stairway, angels of God ascending and descending, God speaking to him. Jacob had already the blessing of his father Isaac. But because God had an agenda with him, he wanted to bring him to a higher level of himself blessing him as well. And I open this bracket to say, there is a blessing you can receive because of your father or your mother. It is another story when yourself, you have a blessing from God as an encounter, a result of the encounter with him. Do not just function with the blessing of your fathers. It is very important but it is not sufficient. May you grow spiritually 
to have yourself, your personal encounter with God. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. And if you can have that vision of life, you will achieve extraordinary works of love. Are we together? Follow me carefully. God will reveal to you great things today. So he had that encounter with God. God spoke to him. And he's saying, you have fought with God and prevailed. You have fought with humans and you have prevailed. You can include Esau, his own brother. You can include Laban, his own uncle. Talk less of other people who could have been around him. But just considering those two. By the time he takes the decision to go back, meet his brother, the one who wanted to kill him. That was a courageous decision. Amen. Coming out of the house of Laban with all the blessings he got is to overcome humans in the wickedness. So, because of what God wants to do with you, there are certain things also you will suffer from men, especially from men who are wicked. And sometimes you suffer certain things from people you could not expect to do those kind of things. How can your own brother seek to kill you? How can your own uncle, that's your blood, abuse you, make you work for 20 years? Let us assume that Jacob enters the house of his uncle. The uncle is rich. He has all these possessions. He sees that his nephew is talented. He can work hard. Any normal uncle will say, okay, you work for me. This is how I want you also to succeed and prosper in life, isn't it? You want a wife? He was already mature. You do not wait for 20 years, 14 years, sorry, to marry the wife you want. All that time of waiting was a result of the wickedness of a man. Am I communicating? Yet, Jacob was blessed already by Isaac, his father. Am I teaching someone? Now, if you are not careful, you will say, no, Jacob, you have demons. There are some family bondages here. The spirit of celibacy is on you. No, it's the wickedness of a man because of his glorious future. So we can face the wickedness of people while we are already blessed by God. We face the wickedness of man who can delay certain things in our lives. 
and God allows it, is watching us. Because he's using that to bring us to another level. Which level? The level of a higher blessing. Am I teaching someone? That is what happened to him in chapter 32. He fought with God. And God blessed him there. It means now God is coming to conclude, I have seen how firm you have been, faithful you have been, solid you have been. Now let myself bless you. Hallelujah. May God bless someone today. Amen. May God himself bless you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You have fought with humans. It means you have overcome Laban. And uh, you are determined to meet your brother. I confirm nothing will harm you. That is what God was actually saying. In other words, he was telling him, do not fear death. Hallelujah. I will be with you. Do not fear that. Now, in the New Testament, as I was referring to the life of Apostle Paul, is somewhere summarizing his life or explaining his life when it comes to the blessing of God in terms of fighting with God and fighting with humans. What has distinguished him? I want us to read it before we go back to Revelation chapter 2. Then I will formulate what will make us shine as a second point in our teaching of the year. Uh, we read in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Am I teaching someone this morning? Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse... No, Second Corinthians chapter 12, sorry. Second Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 1. Now let us see the summary of fighting with God and human through the life of Apostle Paul. I must not go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. Once again, visions, revelations from the Lord, they connect us to heaven. Or we can operate under a open heaven for us to do what? To display the works of love, the works of God. Can someone say amen? What are the visions? Experiences with God. Such as seeing angels visiting you, hearing God talking to you. What can you mention if you don't have any Seek God. If they are very rare, seek God. Because Apostle Paul is saying, 
I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and... Next me, who I am, it is about visions and revelations from the Lord. Hallelujah. years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. So he's saying, the things you know about me, the works of love which I display, the signs, miracles and wonders, the preaching of the gospel that I am doing. And elsewhere he says, I have even worked more than all of the apostles who have been with Jesus, who had the privilege to be with him while on earth. I did not have that privilege. But because of the videos and the revelations, I have worked more than all of them. If Jacob is the father of the twelve tribes, through whom the promise led to Abraham and Isaac came to pass, the nation of Israel was formed in the New Testament. Spiritually speaking, Paul is the father of the church. Apostle Paul is an outstanding father of the church. Because three quarters of the New Testament is about Apostle Paul. His writings. In terms of uh, reaching out, he has worked more than all the apostles. He's the one saying it, not me. And he says by humility, not me, but the grace of God within me. So it's a giant. A giant in faith. Without the writings of Apostle Paul, you cannot understand the teachings of Jesus Christ. He is the one who brings to us the understanding of the doctrine of Christianity. Am I communicating? Am I communicating? Uh, when you have time, you go home, you can read his calling from chapter 9 of the book of Acts. And then in chapter 13, and then in chapter 26, he's referring, explaining the, the encounter he had with God. But here he's summarizing and is taking one of the experiences that did mark him. Now he says, I know a man who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. May God also bring you to the third heaven in the name of Jesus. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. It means this experience is difficult to explain. I don't know if it was with my body or out of my body. Yet, I was in the presence of God. I know that man was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. Things that no one is permitted to tell. He heard 
things from heaven. Oh, brothers and sisters, there are things God can tell us. There are things that God can tell you. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Now, the weaknesses here are the challenges, the trials. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain. So no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Amen. You can stop there. So he's saying, because of these revelations that I did receive, a, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. That tone is a messenger of Satan. A demon, or one of the demons, and I can say a powerful one. It means, as he served God, he faced great sufferings as well. And he understood this is the work of the evil one. It's not God. But God allowed it. Am I communicating? Because of my calling, because of my mission. Now, if I ask you, was Apostle Paul possessed by a demon? Now, if God opened your eyes, you know, I see my apostle, there is an angel of a Satan to torment him. What will you conclude? Uh, apostle must pray well. <laughs> Hallelujah. We don't know how that spirit was manifesting. But that spirit was present. I was given a thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan. To do what? To torment me. It could be from time to time he will have oppressions. It could be people under the influence of that spirit being against him. But all this is the doing of God. Not because he sinned. Not because he disobeyed. Because of the visions and the revelations he got from God. Am I teaching someone? So this morning I want to call us to this understanding. Now we go in Revelation 
chapter 2. What is the understanding, which is the second principle for you to shine brighter, for you and I to shine brighter? Revelation chapter 2. After the church of Ephesus, we read now from verse 8, the church of Smyrna. The second principle for you to shine brighter, we take it from here. And that is the title of today's message, which is a transition with what we have been seeing so far, the act of love, as a part of the first principle, considering the first love. Now, to the angel of the church in Smyrna writes, these are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. And this presentation of Jesus is very important because of the message he wanted this particular church to understand. And I say to you, Jesus is the first and the last. I say to you, Jesus is the one who died and came to life again. Be so sure of that. He's the first and the last. He will not start something and not finish it. He will start with you and finish with you. Even if death comes, remember, he conquered death. Hallelujah. Now, this message is a call to faithfulness or to loyalty. I will say to you, as a second principle, for you to shine brighter, be faithful. Be faithful to death. Be loyal to death. Can someone say amen? amen. Now, what is it that he's saying? I know your afflictions. But the more I study the word of God, the Bible, I understood that NIV here is not so accurate, is uh, omitting something which Jesus said first before to talk of afflictions. Now, let us read in King James Version of the Bible, the same portion of scriptures. Can you put it on the screen for me if you do have it? Okay, that is King James Version of the Bible. I know thy works, say with me, I know thy works. That is what NIV is omitting. Hallelujah. Now, remember where we are coming from. The church of Ephesus is, uh, this is what I have against you. You have abandoned your first love. And we have concluded on that topic, talking of the works of love. Amen. Now, Jesus talking to the church of Smyrna is saying, I know your works. That is a statement to say, I congratulate you. You have kept those works. Amen. The works of love, you are determined to manifest them, to display them. I know that. I know your works. Hallelujah. Then he went further saying, I know 
your tribulation. I know thy works and tribulation. Now, for the word tribulation, understand also afflictions, persecutions. Am I communicating? I know the afflictions you are going through or trials you are experiencing. I've come to speak to someone who is going through so many afflictions. Tribulations. Considering Jacob in the house of Laban for 20 years, God saw how afflicted he was by his own uncle. Am I communicating? Considering Apostle Paul, God told him, you will suffer for me. I will show him, he told to Ananias, I will show to this man all the things he has to suffer for me. It's not like God is the one creating those afflictions, but because of his calling upon your life, Satan comes to afflict you. Everybody communicating. A messenger of Satan to torment you can come, trying to create many things. Now, I will have time to analyze the different kind of afflictions. Today, I'm just introducing. Hallelujah. Number two. I know your poverty, yet you are rich. I like that. I know your poverty. Oh, so God can see that you are poor and do nothing. Oh, you're not saying amen. This is another kind of gospel. Imagine God coming to you and saying, I know your poverty. And then... Yet you are rich. So he's telling you, this poverty is not a result of a curse. That's why I'm not doing anything about it. Your poverty is not a result of a curse. You are blessed already. <laughs> okay. Was Jacob blessed when he went to the house of Laban, yes or no? He carried the blessing that Esau did not have. But himself is saying, if not God, I would have come out of your house empty-ended. He was cheated many times. He says, ten times you have changed my salary. Ten times. If not God, at a certain moment, Jacob would have left the house of Laban poor. So it means while he was there for so many years, he was poor. Jacob, in the house of Laban, I know your poverty. Yet you are rich. Because already the blessing of Isaac is on you. Am I teaching someone? When you don't have that revelation on what is going on over my life, over the life of someone else, so, uh, this poverty, you know, you must pray well. You must pray well. No. <laughs> I know there is a poverty which is that a curse, which is a result of spiritual bondages. But this one is the poverty Jesus knows. 
May God note your poverty as well. If that poverty is uh, the doing of God, God is telling you, I know what is happening. I will have time to explain all this through scriptures. I'm just introducing today. I know your poverty, yet you are rich. So it means the blessing is already on you. But I'm in the process of doing something. Hallelujah. Number three, I know about the slander or the calumny of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Slander, calumny. When it comes from a carnal man, it's not as harmful than when it comes for a man who is spiritually rooted in wickedness. That is why Jesus is precising, I know the calumny, the slander you suffer. It's coming from people who pretend to be Jews, meaning they know me, but they do not me. They are members of the synagogue of Satan. I will say they are witches and wizards. Listen now to me carefully. Among the things we suffer is what people are saying about us. That pastor, don't you see that the church is not progressing? After so many years, you are still in that church. Now, who is talking? You, you think, is just a, a human being, a brother. It's not even genuine. It is witchcraft that is talking. But you do not discern. After you have heard that, you begin to hate me. You take decisions. No, I will not be committed again in the church. I will not go to church again. What has happened? You have let your ears hear the calumnies from the synagogue of Satan. Those are the kind of fight of things we go through as members of Christ's body of the church and as men and women of God. Hallelujah. You have to be spiritual to discern it. I say you have to be spiritual to discern it. If you are not spiritual, you will just take it. Now Jesus appears to John to say, this is the message you have to say to the angel of the church of Smyrna. And if you are sensitive, what I'm teaching you is not just a random teaching, it's a prophecy to us. Am I communicating? Some of us here have been already affected by the slanders of the members of the synagogue of Satan. Since you heard that, loyalty has left you. Since you heard that, faithfulness has left you. And you didn't realize it. Am I communicating? When people who are rooted in wickedness speak, they release bewitchment, a wrong atmosphere. That's why in a church, and I will teach us, I teach the church I mean, on 
ministerial ethics. God has taught me to go back again to that teaching. And uh, I'm just praying to see which format to make sure that many understand these things. Ministerial ethics, when you understand those principles, they will protect you from being a victim of the slander, the calumny of people who are working with the kingdom of darkness. The church is destroyed because many children of God do not discern this at all. How can you spend hours on the internet? You are just listening to people who are mocking men and, and women of God. You listen, you listen, you listen, and you laugh. The next thing that will happen, you will reject your pastor. Because you did not discern that what you are hearing is coming from the pit of hell. It's a satanic strategy to weaken the church. Are we together? Now, verse 10. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Oh, God. So you know all the afflictions I'm going through. You know even my poverty. And you encourage yourself that don't, 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 don't worry about that. You are blessed. But the reality, I'm poor. <laughs> Am I communicating? And it is disturbing me. There are many things I can't do. And then people are mocking me. People are saying whatever they want. And all those things, I hear them. Then you come to me and say, okay, do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. It means there is something now will happen to you again. Ah, God. Again. Again. I'm tired. Do you now understand what Jesus is saying? But why this revelation? To prevent you from becoming disloyal. To prevent you from becoming unfaithful. Now it's a precise revelation. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Something is about to happen. That kind of prophecy, we do not like it. We bind it in the name of Jesus. When we come to churches, Tomorrow, about this time, double portion. Amen. But when I say, don't be afraid of about what you are to suffer. Say, oh God, <laughs> I don't like that. No, it can happen. There are many things that are going on which I have heard from 2015, God said there is a storm that will come over the church. Be strong. Am I communicating? For you to understand this, I'm referring to those kind of things. Now, what is it that is about to happen? The, I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. What does it mean? This one I cannot stop. It will happen. But I'm allowing this to test you. Do you understand? 
So there are certain things, even if you pray, God will not stop them. God is not saying, I will put you in prison to test you. No, the devil will put you in prison. So there are things the devil can still do without God stopping him. As afflictions, trials, challenges, as calumnies, as poverty. God has blessed you already to be so rich. But in the process of being rich, you experience unusual things. You invest here, you lose money. You begin this business of someone, he betrays you. But the one who is leading to, to those people is God himself. You experience all those things. To do what? To test you in meaning to perfect you. Jacob was in the house of Laban to be perfected. And it is God who allowed him to go there. Why God could not say, don't go to the house of Laban. He has his own gods. I don't want you to be there. Am I communicating? Now follow me very carefully. You understand something. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. For 10? For how many days? Specific timing. Ten days. Now, you who are prophesying, and all of us should prophesy, one of the complicated things in prophecy is accuracy in timing. If I tell you tomorrow about this time, God will do this. If it is God who is speaking tomorrow at that time, it will be done. But now, if I say tomorrow, and tomorrow nothing happens, now you come to me and say, no, you didn't pray very well. No. It means, yes, you are prophesying, but you are not a prophet with accuracy in time. It's a gift, and the grace God has to give to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, if God comes to me and tells me, you will go through tough time. It will take seven years. You, you can come after one year, say, Pastor, we have prayed. One year, the same thing. And not only the same thing, another worst one is coming. No, God said to me, seven years. You can come and prophesy, prophesy. If God says it's seven years, it's seven years. You can pray. If he says seven years, it's seven years. Through that process, is showing you the heart of man. 
is showing you your limitations. He's showing you how much more you still need him. But he's not telling you you are a sinner. He's not telling you necessarily that uh, you are not praying at all. No. It has to be like that for what he is intending to do with you. Can someone say amen? It is applicable to an individual, it is applicable to a family, it is applicable to an organization. Am I communicating? When God tells me seven years, in those seven years, he wants to show me, I will show you who are loyal, who are not. <laughs> now you, you come first year, pastor, I'm loyal. So, okay, it's just the first year. I'm waiting the seventh year. Second year, 10 withdraw. Third year, add a five withdraw. Fifth year, you remain with two. God will say, those are the people I've given you. Do you understand? Ministry is not a joke. Am I communicating? Ministry is not a joke. If God wants just to give you two people out of 30, he can wait even 10 years. Because you can build something great with 30. And in one year, everything collapses. You go back to square zero. <laughs> Am I communicating? So God is saying, it is my doing. There is nothing wrong with you in terms of you have sinned or what. No. I am working on you to test you, to perfect you. I know your afflictions. I'm aware of that. I'm seeing all those things. I know. Your poverty, I know it. What people are saying, gossiping against you, even people from the kingdom of darkness, I know all that. And even something worse, to be in prison. It's, it, when you're in prison, you are not moving at all, isn't it? You want to go in many places, but for a while you will be stuck. Am I communicating? And then he adds, saying... Be faithful, even to the point of death. And I will give you life as your victor's crown. Be faithful to the point of death. Now, if we take all the things God is referring to, we understand that it is about faithfulness in afflictions of all kinds, which we will see with time. Faithfulness in poverty. Faithfulness when you face campaign of calumny. Faithfulness even when you face death. Because of all these revelations, 
a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, an angel of Satan to buffet me, to torment me. So this death can be a spirit. When that spirit comes to a man of God because of his calling, because of the revelations, Satan can provoke an accident, for instance, to try to kill him. Satan can send a spirit of death claiming him. Jesus saw it on Peter. He said, Peter, Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has claimed you to destroy you as wit. But I have prayed for you. When you are converted, strengthen your brothers. It means Jesus saw a demon of death that Satan sent to kill Peter, to destroy him. Am I communicating? Am I communicating? But when you are not taught and you begin to see all those things, no, pray very well. No, you... You have sinned. No, 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 no. There, there is something. There is nothing. It's part of the journey because of the things God wants to do. Am I communicating? Can I repeat what I've said? So, because of what God wants to do with me, me, your pastor, You can see afflictions of all kind in my life. Don't say he has sinned. Because what God wants to do with me, you can see poverty. The, ah, the anointing is there, but poverty. Poverty. Don't say, no, no, this is, there is a bondage. It's, it's a family bondage. There is no family bondage. But there are many fights to maintain me in poverty. Calumnies, people trying to give you another identity so that people stop to trust in you as a man of God. All those things can happen. And you can find yourself doing certain things. Not intentionally, you just find, but I didn't intend this. But what is happening is a result of what I did. Satan is behind. What you want is to destroy your reputation. Am I teaching someone? Hallelujah. Am I teaching someone? He can even send the spirit of death to your house, to you. Don't say, no, I didn't pray well. No, fight it. Be faithful. Be faithful to the point of death. Be faithful when you have afflictions of all kind. Be faithful when poverty is there. Be faithful when people mock you. Be faithful even when you are threatened by death. 
Don't curse me, your God. Hallelujah. How many are living their faith that way? When we face these kind of things, we change our mind, our attitude change, changes. We begin to speak anyhow. No. God is telling you, your future is brighter. I want you to shine brighter and brighter. Never become disloyal. Another word for faithfulness is loyalty. Remain loyal. Remain faithful. Toward God. Toward your spiritual leader. Toward your local church. Remain faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. The second death is the death that happens for destruction forever. You go in hell. Many have quit faith because of these things. But you, you will remain faithful. You will rise from the dead to reign with Jesus Christ forever. Put your hand together to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.